friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, January the 19th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness today. Uh, And so, my friends, we are going to continue uh, as we began last week, right? Moving through these days of ordinary time. Now, these days are brief. (laughs) This is our, uh, our quick moment in ordinary time because within, frankly, less than a month, we are already in the season of Lent, which is crazy. Lent begins early this year. So we probably will only be in ordinary time a handful of weeks at best. We've already been in one. This is our second, so maybe three more. And then we, uh, we move into the Lenten season already. And then, of course, once we're in Lent, we spend a lot of time in Easter. And we won't come back to ordinary time until, until June. But, hey, we're here now. And we're here now. That's exactly where we need to be. And we've got some wonderful readings today. As always, we're going to take a look at the first reading, and we're going to take a look at the gospel. Uh, I mentioned last week, this is year B, and that is the year of Mark's gospel. Last year was year A. We finished Matthew's. This year, we're going to spend a lot of time in in B. That's Mark. Even though last week we were in John, Mark's is the shortest gospel. So every now and then, we may sprinkle John in there too, but just know year B is, is Mark's gospel. And so we're going to hear kind of the beginnings of Mark's gospel today. I'll I'll unfold that a little bit later. But the first reading is Jonah. Jonah, a story you all know well. I mean, and if you don't, oh my gosh, take some time to read it. Four chapters, super easy, uh, wonderful parable, and um, and just a, a a good a good story. Moves along very easily. Uh, so Jonah, chapter three, verses one to five. And then verse 10, so that'll be our first reading. Then Mark's gospel, we are going to read, uh, again, this is the beginning. Uh, I'll explain why it doesn't start at at, uh, verse 1, but it's chapter 1, verses 14 to 20. So Mark's gospel there, okay? So whatever it is that you do to prepare to hear and receive the word of God well, I invite you into that space right now to open yourself, to open that spirit, to open your heart, open your mind, open your very being, that you may receive uh, what it is that this word can bring to us today. A reading from the book of Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, Set out for the great city of Nineveh, and announce to it the message that I will tell you. So Jonah made ready and went to Nineveh, according to the Lord's bidding. Now, Nineveh was an enormously large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began his journey through the city and had gone but a single day's walk, announcing, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be destroyed. When the people of Nineveh believed God, they proclaimed a fast, and all of them, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw by their actions how they turned from their evil way, God repented of the evil that God had threatened to do to them. He did not carry it out. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As always, 
if there was a thought, an image, an idea, a word, a phrase, if God spoke to you or will in their gospel, hold on to that. Hold on to that and let God speak to you now, just as God did in this parable to Jonah all those years ago. All right? God continues to speak. We merely need to have our ears open and allow God, well, not allow God, to hear, to listen, um, uh, to hear what God is inviting us to. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Two very familiar readings, right? But I think it's pretty easy to see the thread that follows within them. Both of them are hearing the call of God, and both of them invite us to a response. Now, you might be saying to yourself, at least I am, <laughs> Joe, that's what you talked about last week, call and response, right? We had that wonderful um, <laughs> reading from 1 Samuel, where he's sleeping in the, in the presence of, of God, right? In the temple area, and he hears God call to him, uh, you know, Samuel, Samuel, here I am. <laughs> and he thinks it's Eli, right? And, uh, and runs off. Or, or the wonderful call of the disciples in John's version, which we heard last week. Again, John's sprinkled every now and then. Uh, of, uh, of the interaction, what is it you're looking for, right? Uh, where do you live? Where do you reside? Where do we find you? Come and see. And, uh, and that call of God and our response right? To be able to stay and listen. Or, or Samuel's to say, here I am, Lord. Um, uh, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So, I mean, really, we see the next step of that today. I mean, it's no accident that these readings follow on the heels of those that we just heard. Because, again, that is what our call is to. Uh, you know, again, we know the story of Jonah, right? Jonah is the reluctant prophet. Jonah is called by God to go to Nineveh, this great city that we heard about in our first reading today, and preach repentance. Well, Nineveh is the, you know, sworn enemy of the Jewish people. Uh, it was the capital of Assyria. Assyria destroyed uh, the uh, 11, tri 11 of the 12 tribes of Israel uh, and, uh, and really was not held in high esteem. And God is saying, go preach the gospel to them because I want to bring forgiveness to them too. 
And so Jonah runs the other way, not because he doesn't want to be the prophet, not because he's going to be laughed at or whatever. He doesn't want forgiveness to go to Nineveh. And, and ultimately, of course, God finds him. There's nowhere we can outrun God. Praise be to God for that, by the way. There is nowhere we can outrun God. And God continues to call. And ultimately, you know, uh, Jonah ends up there, right? And again, I, I've used this term twice already. I'm going to use it again. Uh, a lot of people put Jonah's book in with the prophet books, the prophet. Well, there was a literal Jeremiah. There was a literal Ezekiel. There were literal, maybe three Isaiahs, you know, and, uh, and Zechariah, and we can keep going down, Zephaniah, all of them. Jonah is a parable. We know that. One, he's in the belly of a whale. How many people do we here get, you know, swallowed up in the belly of a whale and spit up on, on dry land? Oh, oh, Nineveh, by the way, is not a, a seashore city. It's, it's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles inland. That whale must have had a heck of a spit, you know? Um, it's, it's so overly exaggerated, we realize this is a story. But stories contain truth just because it's parable doesn't mean it's not true. You know, again, I will go to my grave saying that the the essence, the the very uh, heart, I I think, of Jesus' teaching is in a parable that he speaks, that of the prodigal son, what we call that, right? It's a story, but yet it it contains ultimate truth, okay? So this is a story, but it contains truth. We don't need to be afraid of that, all right? It's a parable. And, and, and again, it's the, 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 the characters are so clear, right? This is an enormous city that takes three days to walk through. And he just starts doing it. He just starts and, and proclaiming, you know, uh, here, let me do his words. I just got to go back up here. 40 days more and Nineveh shall be destroyed. Yeah, like that's really going to inspire the people. <laughs> I mean, if you saw somebody walking around Boston Doing that, does it all of a sudden change you? (laughs) I don't think so. We'd be like, what's this guy doing? What's this person, you know, talking about? Um, But yet, he didn't even get fully through the city. One day's worth of work. Bringing a message that that isn't really too inspiring. Forty days more, and, and Nineveh shall be destroyed. And the people of Nineveh believe. And they proclaim a fast, and all of them, great and small, put on sackcloth and and repent, right? So that's part one, is the call, part two, the response. Jonah calls to a new place. The people of Nineveh respond. Okay, let's go to the gospel. We see the same thing, right? Clear as a bell. Jesus... Um, walks along the Sea of Galilee and he sees Simon and his brother Andrew. Now remember, the call was different last week in John's Gospel. This is Mark's. He sees Simon the brother of, and, and his brother Andrew um, in there casting their nets in the sea. They're fishermen. Jesus says, hey, come after me. I'll make you fishers of humanity, uh, human beings. And they drop their nets and follow him. And then goes further down, you know, the shore. And there are James and John with their father, right? And, uh, and he invites them too. And they leave the father, they leave the hired workers, and they follow. Okay? 
call, Jesus calls. Peter, Andrew, James, John respond. So what does this have to say for us, brothers and sisters? So let's, I want to focus on the first part of the gospel, which I really didn't talk about. The line here, after John had been arrested. So this is where it starts. Chapter 1, verse 14. After John, John being John the Baptist. Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now, why is that important? I would argue, my friends, that is the very essence, the very thesis, the heart of Jesus' message in the Gospel of Mark. Why do I say that? Remember, I said this is the beginning of, of Mark's Gospel, but it's not because we started at verse 14. Well, if you read Mark's Gospel, and generally thought to be the first Gospel, it's the shortest of all the Gospels, and so Matthew and Luke probably used Mark's gospel as a reference for theirs. Um, John just kind of does his own thing. But it's why Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic gospels, sameness, similar, uh, even though they're, they, they put their own spins. Um, the first 13-ish verses, Jesus meets John the Baptist. I mean, meets probably a poor word, but, but he, he goes down and he's baptized. It's a story we well know, right? And he comes up out of, the, out of the Jordan and he hears the voice of God somehow. Hears it, whether it's through his ears, whether it's in his very being, right? You and I have heard the voice of God many times. Uh, and, and we may not have had a dove come down. We may not have seen the sky open up, but we've heard the voice of God, brothers and sisters. We have to know this wasn't a one-time event, and people looked around and said, hey, what was that? Jesus heard that voice of God, which says, you are my beloved one. You are my beloved one, in whom I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drives him into the desert, which makes perfect sense, right? If you hear the voice of God, when we hear the voice of God, we want to know, what did that mean to me? What does that mean in who I am? What does that mean in how I act? What does that mean in how I approach the world now? At least, I hope that we would do that. And I hope that we would find a place of silence where we can wrestle with that and come to new conclusions. Well, Jesus did. He found a place of silence. He went to that place we call the desert, the wilderness. He went outside of um, civilization, community, went outside of where people gathered because he needed quiet to understand and hear and discern. And he spent what we say 40 days there. Now remember, 40 doesn't mean a literal four zero. It means enough time. He spent enough time to understand what this meant, come to a conclusion and come back and re-enter uh, civilization, re-enter community and be someone new and carry a new message. And the first words out of his mouth are those that I just read to you. So, okay, the first 13 verses of chapter 1 deal with the baptism, hearing the voice, going to the desert, being tempted, trying to figure out who he is in reality and what that means for his mission and his ministry. And he comes back and he says, this is it. That's why I say this is the heart of, of 
Jesus's gospel. Clearly in Mark's, in, in Mark's gospel, this is the heart of Jesus's mission and ministry because it's the first words when he comes back out. He says, this is what I'm about. So I'm going to read it again. This is the time of fulfillment, meaning God is present now. That we don't have to wait. The time of fulfillment, the time of change, the time of something new happening isn't going to be, you know, um, some centuries or or generations down the road. God, God is acting now. And we have a decision to make now. The kingdom of God is at hand. It is not, and again, scare quotes, merely after we die. The kingdom of God isn't something upon our death that we, we experience then. God's presence is now. God is all around us now. Repent. Repent and believe in the gospel, in the good news that I'm telling you. That God is not distant. God is present. This is the time. Now it is decision point. God is present all around us in the people that we, we, we know and love, in the people we do not know and love, in the, in the events that are happening, in the creation all around us, in the environment, in the, in the happenings, in this moment. Repent, meaning not ask God for forgiveness, although, hey, that's always part of it. Repent means turn around, think differently. Metanoia, that's what we're invited to right now. Into, to see the world, to see ourselves, to see life differently than we have because the moment is now. Do you see how that makes sense now? Again, then, then I think, you know, the gospel uses exaggerated things. Did Peter and Andrew throw their nets down? Did James and John leave their father right away? I have no idea, but it makes the point that they made the decision. They saw that it was a decision point, and they they moved. What did they move away from? They no longer found their identity in their work. That didn't define who they were. They no longer found their identity in their family. Now, it doesn't mean work is bad. It doesn't mean leave work. It means don't associate yourself so much so that, say, when you, somebody says, who are you? Oh, I'm a baker. I am a, a, a professor. Those are great things. I hope you profess well and teach well and bake well because we need them. But it is not who you are. And, and when people say, who are you? Oh, I am the son of uh, Sarah and Chad. Okay, that's great. I hope that, that those family ties continue to mean something. But you are more than that. Does, does, does that make sense here? Our very identity changes. Our very understanding of who we are, how God is within our lives, within our world. And so we must act differently. Brothers and sisters, if we act the same as everyone around us, how, how I, I mean, I, and, and this is really, truly, what I've struggled with with myself lately to say, Joe, am I becoming too... Um, I don't want to say this this poor wording wrapped up in the culture. I mean that sounds very poor. I I I love you know being a, a part of what's happening in the world and 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 seeing it and and conversing about it and whatever, but not finding who I am wrapped up in. Have you watched the latest movie or show or listened to this latest you know podcast or or whatever all that stuff is. 
then I'm, I'm more than that. Because if I am not thinking differently um, in some level and finding my identity differently, and because of that identity, encountering the world and encountering those in the world and acting in the world differently, has that message, that good news, really, do I really believe it? To the third uh, sentence that Jesus says, repent, think differently, and believe in the gospel. Because that becomes my foundation, my identity, the very thing that, that spurs me forward. Brothers and sisters, I mean, you get the point. It again is call and response. But, but what this invites us to is, is that decision point is now. God is all around us. You are not who you think you are, nor am I who I think I am. There is more. And all we are called to do is see it differently, to think differently, to turn around, to, to you know, as Richard Rohr would say, take your head off your shoulder, shoulders, turn it 100%, shake it out, put it back on, and, and encounter the world differently. To allow ourselves, this is the last thing I'll say, to be free enough to, to not be trapped in our routines, in our security, in, in all those things, to be trapped within them. Security is not a bad thing, but if we're trapped there, we are not free to enter into a new space, a new identity, a new action when our God calls us. Peter, Andrew, James, John, they were free enough. They were not trapped enough in those identities in order to say yes to where God invited them. Let us follow their and Jonah's example today. Let's pray. And so we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The second luminous mystery, the wedding feast at Cana. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray
pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Thanks again for being present. Thanks for breaking open God's word with me. May your week, your day, your hour, your moment be filled with all good things as we encounter the God who lives and moves and has his being in and around us. Be well. And God bless you.